Welcome to In the Valley Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Heyman. This is going to be a podcast series for the Utah Valley University men's lacrosse team. Uh, its intention is to be fun uh, and to have a good time and to get some inside perspective from coaches, players, alumni, and to have uh, kind of something to look back on uh, and get family members involved and something they can listen to. Um, to just kind of reminisce and, and have a good time within the program. So um, it is my first time doing a podcast, so bear with me. The first few episodes are probably going to be uh, longer than we anticipate them to be. There's going to be a lot of ums and dead spaces, um, just background noise that we don't intend to be there. Each episode should get better um, as I get better at editing and recording. It will not just be me. This first episode is going to be pretty much just me reviewing the 2023 season. Uh, but moving forward, we will have multiple people on the podcast. So um, it's not just going to be me. So uh, looking forward, uh, the next couple of episodes will kind of give you a rundown. This episode, like I said, is going to be just me. The next episode is going to be more of a snippet, a smaller episode uh, with an interview with Co Coach Brian Barnhill and his views and thoughts on last season. And then we'll go into probably have an alumni uh, a couple of alumnists on uh, to talk about their experience and what they think of the direction the program's headed. And then from there, we'll go into a fall ball preview and then get a couple players on for fall ball and then a spring preview. And then from there, the podcast will just kind of go in the direction that spring is going um, with a couple episodes um, throughout spring. So uh, bear with me. Uh, it'll, it'll get better. I promise. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll give you a brief introduction about myself I'm in my sixth season at Utah Valley University. I spent my first season running the box, uh, second season the face-off unit, third as a defensive assistant, fourth as an offensive assistant, and last year as the offensive coordinator. Uh, during fall ball last year, I got married and my wife uh, got pregnant not too long after that, unexpectedly. And we just, uh, our baby boy, born uh last month so we uh i went from basically being a single guy to having a family of five so we uh the time spent um away each night at practice wasn't uh, practical or fair to my family so i decided to step down from coaching uh, coach barnhill wanted me to remain a part of the program i wanted to remain a part of the program and I decided to take over as the director of lacrosse operations something that i can do uh, from home a lot of the time um, and, and help the program out kind of behind the scenes. That's kind of a little bit about me. We'll jump into uh, the the preview of the 2023 season. <clears throat> Let's do a quick uh, recap of for, the, for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, UVU or Utah Valley University. Uh, it's actually the largest university in the state of Utah student body wise. Um, I went there, I graduated from there. Um, the athletic program or the athletic department doesn't have a football program. So outside of the state of Utah and really regionally, it's not super well known for being as big as it is. Uh, people know it's there, but they don't realize that I think it's pushing 50,000 students. Um, <clears throat> used to, it's not your, your mom and dad's UVU. Um, it's not your, even like your uncle's UVU. Um, it's changed a lot. Even, even the last 10 years since I went there, um, kind of was just like a commuter school. Um, you'd go there, probably try and transfer to a, another university um, after a year or two. 
but uh, it's really changed. Um, a lot of the incoming freshmen, I got a, I got a buddy in the administration there and, uh, it's changed. Uh, a lot of incoming freshmen want to stay four years and they want that traditional college fill. So, uh, the university's done a good job of, uh, catering to the untraditional student, um, as well as now the traditional student who wants to come in and, and get a degree in four years. Although I don't think, uh, many people are earning their degrees in four years anymore. So, um, that's a little bit about UVU. We've had a lacrosse program since 1995. Um, haven't been real competitive for a while. Um, this last season was, was, uh, without a doubt, our most successful season, um, at the division one level, uh, for the MCLA, we did, uh, compete for a national championship in the division two, uh, MCLA level lost to, uh, St. Thomas, who's been winning national championships at the division two level for forever. Um, but this last season was for sure our more, our most successful season, uh, in the MCLA at the division one level. Um, and, uh, so I just wanted to give a recap of, of what that season looked like through, through my eyes, at least. Um, I wish I could get the whole coaching staff on here, but, uh, when you get us together, it is a, uh, we'll be talking for a real long time. <laughs> so, um, that's, uh, let's just kind of move on to, to what the season was, um, leading up to the season. So, um, the, the past couple of years we've been competitive. Um, we've been trying to break into that upper echelon of the MCLA. Um, we've had winning records. Um, you know, I got here in 2019 and, uh, we competed actually for the RMLC championship that year, um, against Colorado. Um, and, um, since then, I mean, obviously the 2020 year was cut short. Uh, we got off on a bang. We beat, uh, in 2020, we beat Georgia tech, who I think at the time was ranked fourth or third or something like that at Georgia tech. Um, and then 2021 was just, it's weird. Like a quarter of the schools were competing. Um, and, uh, you know, we ended up playing like a half NCAA schedule, half MCLA schedule. Um, we played Concordia three times that year, twice in California on like not consecutive weekends. Um, um, and, uh, you know, Adam State, Colorado Mesa, um, or excuse me, CSU Pueblo, not Colorado Mesa. We scrimmaged them, I think in fall that year. Um, last year or two, 2022, um, had a competitive year went nine and four, uh, just a bad week for us. And it, it hurt us in the RMLC. So we needed to beat Texas, um, in order to end the year to even qualify for the RMLC championships. And we, we slacked them you know, 15 to five that to end that year. And I remember just our seniors, it was everyone, what we were playing for a chance to keep playing and we just walloped them. And, uh, so we were pretty sure, like, I mean, BYU had to beat them and we were pretty sure we'd have got them. And, uh, <laughs> within 24 hours, it, it, the range of emotions was, was all over the place. I mean, we were elated we, we knew we had a chance to play, uh, for the RMLCs. And then the next day, Texas goes out and beats BYU. Um, and just being there, you know, watching that unfold that it was like, man, it was heartbreaking, you know, cause you know, BYU was, you know, had a great team that year. And, uh, for sure could have beat Texas, you know, and, and didn't. And anyways, that 
that was a real hard way to end the year. Um, <clears throat> and we knew going forward into last season, 2023, that we couldn't leave anything uh, up for question. We needed, we had a young team. Now, everybody's got a young team with COVID. And I think eligibility wise, we still, still the majority of our players are underclassmen. I think actually some of them are just reaching their junior year. Um, we knew that we needed to change the recipe of what we were doing to, to get a chance to, to get to the level we wanted to. Um, so myself, um, coach Maxfield, Colin Maxfield at the time and Brian Barnhill sat down and we just said, we need to build the toughest schedule we possibly can. Um, let's reach out to anybody who's ranked. We'll travel anywhere. We'll try and bring people in. Let's just build the toughest possible schedule that we can. Um, and we did going into the season. I think we had the third most difficult schedule as far as strength of schedule goes, number of ranked teams on the schedule. Uh, Chapman had like 17 of their 16 or 16 of their 17 games were ranked. Um, we landed in their third. I can't remember exactly how many were ranked, but it was like everybody on our schedule was ranked except for three. And those three were potentially top 25 and they could be ranked when we play them. So, you know, we got South Carolina defense, USC who came off a, a tournament win year. Uh, Grand Canyon, who's always super competitive. Liberty was coming into town. I think we played like the second, third, fourth, and fifth ranked teams, and then a bunch of you know, teen or, or you know, uh, teen ranked teams. Um, anyways, <clears throat> try to build out the most competitive schedule we had could find. Uh, we knew we had a young team, and, and essentially what our goal was was we're going to learn to play against the best week in and week out. Um, we've got a young squad. This may not be the best year we're going to have because we're young and we're going up against teams that are, uh, perennial powers, you know, back-to-back -back national champions in South Carolina, uh, teams coming off really good seasons. Uh, we, we thought, you know, we'll be competitive in all these games, but we're going to need to learn to win these games. It wasn't that we didn't know this team could win, but we're pleasantly surprised with the, how quickly the talent developed um for the 2023 year i mean we went 16 and, and three um overall with a first round with an rmlc championship a first round win in in texas in the um, mcla championships and then a loss to to a really really good virginia tech team so um you know it was it was a phenomenal year it was, it was a great year we had some really young talent that <clears throat> um produced <laughs> i mean Blake Yates coming in as a freshman. I think he had 75 points on the year, uh, just lit it up. We had just some some other really amazing young talent that came in um, and blended really well with the, the guys that were already here. Um, Preston Burbage had just a phenomenal – he worked incredibly hard in the offseason to really develop his body and his game. Uh, he hadn't had a healthy full season at, 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 here at UVU yet. He'd always – you know limped into the end of the year with, with some sort of injury. And he really focused <clears throat> in the off season between the 2022 and 2023 year um, to really get his body right and, and develop himself into just a, a more complete athlete. Um, and it showed, I mean, end of the year, all American 90 points. Um, he's now a part of the coaching staff uh, going into this next year. So uh, there's a lot of really, uh, you know, 
there were a lot of really good surprises uh, that came out of that year that, that led to our success. And uh, it was for me as a coach, uh, it was definitely one of the most special years uh, that I've coached. Um, before coming to UVU, I spent a couple of years at the high school level. I uh, was an assistant head coach and won a national, or not a national championship, won a state championship <clears throat> at the class B level. Um, and then took over that program, bumped it up to the class A, uh, made it to the playoffs, got beat. Um, but overall, just a really, you know, nothing really compared to what this team was last year and how well this team uh, and coaching staff gelled. I mean, it was, uh, we bought into the system. Our players bought into the system. We had really, really good leadership from, uh, the player side, um, and, and, and the guys just really bought into, Hey, we're, I mean, you could tell it, it was going to be that way right out of the gate at tryouts. Uh, it was the most competitive tryouts we've, we've had yet to date. I think we had nearly 80 guys show up <clears throat> to try out, um, and really competitive. And, and it's something that I always tell, tell players, you know, come fall, we have our fall tryouts, fall ball, fall ball is always different. Um, and every year, you know, you whittle our roster down to 50 guys. Inevitably, there's always some guys that uh, self-cut in fall for whatever reason. They make the team see the writing on the wall. They're not going to get the playing time they want or don't realize, you know, we always tell guys it's, it's more of a commitment than you think. Um, and guys end up just kind of self-cutting themselves. And the roster ends up by spring kind of to a spot where you want it. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure that that goes true for, for most programs, uh, MCLA programs. I'm sure a few don't have that issue, but for the most part, um, that's just kind of how the process works. But even from, even from fall tryouts, you could sense it was different, um, highly competitive at, at, at every level. I mean, <clears throat> we had and surprises all over the place and uh, you know, I'm going to leave players out, not on purpose, but, uh, you know, guys like Boo Rear, um, this all American high school player uh, out of Washington. I run our social media and I was just kind of going through social media and we'd been tagged in a post <laughs> kind of funny how it worked out um, that this kid had committed to come and play lacrosse at UVU. Um, and I had I text, I actually, I think I called coach Maxfield, Colin Maxfield, <clears throat> the associate head coach uh, at the time. I was like, Hey, do you know who this kid is? Have you been talking to him? And he's like, I have no idea who he is. Um, so we reach out to him, turn out that, you know, he's got family in the area. He's coming to UVU. He'd love to try and play lacrosse for the program. You know, we said, great. Uh, and man, that kid, like just what a pleasant surprise to have to the program. I mean, just a phenomenal person, uh, a great athlete. I mean, just a freak athlete as far as, I mean, his change of direction, his, I mean, he ended up in spring uh, winning us some games. Um and, um, I, I'm trying to remember which game it was that he, I think it was Cal Poly, um, where he was involved in the last three, um, goals. So he had two, two G's and, and one assist, uh, is what that ended up at. But I mean, and it, what a pleasant surprise, right? Um, you got guys like Porter Searle, who just a freak athlete, um, who's going to do, I think, 
if he puts in the work this summer um, and really just kind of lets himself be a little bit more free on the field, uh, I think he's going to be a 50 point guy next year. Um, I mean, he, he can be unreal. Um, and I think he's going to do phenomenal, phenomenal things next year, but I'm, I'm digressing a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of going into to more player stuff and this was going to be a, a 2023 season recap. Um, anyways, we built, we built our schedule out and, uh, we knew we were going to be, it was going to be tough. Uh, we ended up with a bunch of home games, which we were excited about. Uh, typically we have a harder time getting people to, to want to travel, come in and, uh, I think when we were less competitive, it was easier to come in and schedule us as a game, kind of as a tune-up, and then go and play BYU. Uh, and now I think uh, some teams, I don't know if they're hesitant to do it, uh, but coming in and trying to play two top 10 teams, uh, usually either on a back-to-back, uh, that's a tough ask. Um, you know. And uh, uh, very few teams are willing to do that um, all the time. You know. I think Grand Canyon hasn't left. Uh, I'd love to see Grand Canyon come in, but I don't think they've left Arizona in 15 years um, to go and play anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a really, it was, it was a really good start to the year. I remember kind of where the buy-in was, what we were building up to was, was an opportunity to, to see how we did at South Carolina um, against the the two-time defending national champions. Um, That's where we knew this is going to be our baseline. Um, we had, we played, started out the year, uh, with the, the Arbon cup, uh, battle of the brothers, at, uh, at, with Utah state coming down, um, took care of business there. Um, unfortunately that, that, uh, that game's not going to continue going forward for a while. Uh, they're, they're changing how they schedule. Um, so we won't be, uh, playing Utah state next year. I don't know how long that, uh, their strategy of not playing any MCLA division one teams is, is going to last. Um, uh, but uh, you start out with them. It was a, you know, a good game, 22 to seven for us uh, moved on to a scrimmage against Westminster. Um, it's competitive. Uh, I think we had the lead going into the fourth quarter. Uh, ended up losing back one or two um, in the scrimmage. Um, and then we, we took our big trip back East, start out with NC state, Took care of business there, seventeen nine. You know that trip was was interesting. Um, we had to <laughs> we had to take vans everywhere, minivans. Um, we couldn't get a bus scheduled for whatever reason. Uh, typically, when we go on the road, if we fly, we end up with a bus that picks us up and you know drives us around. And we ended up with minivans. And I actually thought it was it was a fun experience. You know, each coach divvied up players, uh, some trading took, you know, happen with getting guys in different bands and, and, um, but it, it was a good experience, uh, better than I thought it would be. I was, was kind of not looking forward to being in vans. Um, um, and then went into South Carolina, um, and it was interesting to see, uh, they, they do not play on the nicest of venues. I'll put it that way. Um, uh, that was probably the worst field we'd played on all year. Um, I think it rained earlier that day or the night before, and it was just mucky. It was, you know, it's a field um, not too far from their football stadium, which is kind of cool, uh, a little backdrop to it. Um, but it's grass, and it is not great grass. Um, and, uh, I mean, if you go back and watch the film or watch some highlights from that game, uh, definitely some guys, uh, you know, sliding around. And uh, anyways, they had a phenomenal face-off guy, but – 
uh, we were able to get the win 10, nine, uh, in the last second. Um, some will say it's controversial. Uh, but if you go back and watch the film, we were most certainly on sides, uh, rode the ball back. Blake Yates puts it in the back of the net. Uh, we get out of there with a 10, nine win. Um, now South Carolina ended up, uh, they were a strange team last year. Uh, I think they ended up with a losing record, but beat a bunch of like top five teams. Um, we were the only team to beat them at South Carolina last year, uh, which was awesome. Uh, but then they were like, uh, their record was, just, I mean, they look, they had a really a tough schedule too. I think they played mostly ranked teams. I think they were the second best schedule. I don't know. Virtual varsity can, can go back and look at, at who had the best, you know, the most difficult schedule going into the season. Um, they were a tough team. They had some really legit talent on that team. And, and that's when I think guys took note um, on our, on our squad. I talked to a lot of guys after the season ended in Texas, we were a bunch of us around there and that, that game for a lot of the guys was the highlight of the year. Um, it's always, and I, I'm of the opinion as a coach that, that you go on your first road trip as soon as you can. Um, that's when your team bonds. That's when your team will click. They're together on the road. Personalities come out of guys that are maybe a little shy. You know, they only see each other at practice. Sometimes our team's not usually that way. Our guys actually spend quite a bit of time outside of practice together, but you know, um, for the most part, you've got guys, um, really, really gelling. So I like having those road trips early, early in a schedule. I think it's, it's healthy for a team. Um, but a lot of guys that that was their highlight going in there. And that's when guys said like, that's when I knew this season was going to be different. Um, so, uh, that South Carolina trip was, was big for those guys after South Carolina. We, uh, were back at, uh, not really home, but we were back in Utah. Um, actually played Utah, uh, who had won the division two championship the year before bumped up to division one in the RMLC and uh it was a cold night that was that was cold we took a pretty pretty commanding lead into the the fourth quarter i think we were up like nine or ten going to the fourth uh made some substitutions guys were really cold um uh, you know they ended up making it closer than it really was it was 16 12 was the final but i think we were up you know, 12 to four or something like that. I mean, we were up pretty big going into the fourth. Um, that one, uh, you know, we'd put in, put it away pretty quickly. Um, Utah's got some really good players. Um, it'll be interesting um, going forward with them uh, in the conference. And I know uh, Utah Tech is also going to uh, make the jump to Division One RMLC. That'll give us six. Uh, so going forward, that's going to give us an automatic bid, uh, which our conference had been gifted or granted in lieu of only having five members. I think we got it a couple of times in a row um, because of the early departure of Oklahoma, um, who never played a, a game in the RMLC and not sure uh, what logic went into having them join our league back when they did. I mean, it, it made almost no sense. Um, and Texas was in our league as well. Um, they played a, a year in our league um, last year. Um, so uh, it, it, you know, those will be good conference games going forward. Um, Utah, I think, is going to be able to pull talented players. Um, and, you know, they've got their 
NCAA. I don't know how many. I know they had a couple of NCAA guys, I think, on the roster the Division II year. I don't know how many stayed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that program continues to grow. Um, and then moving forward, you know, trip to California, took on USC. Um, that was an interesting game. And then on to Grand Canyon, who we, we tend to have, uh, I think, up until this last meeting, we had played to overtime every time we played them. Again, um, we've only ever played them in Phoenix. Uh, I uh, don't leave Arizona often. Um, I think they only leave Arizona to go play in their conference, which is about a three-hour drive to California and back. So um, we'll see if we can get that program to come out and play us, and hopefully uh, they do. Um, then Liberty came into town. That was an awesome game. Um, played him within one. Uh, I mean, just heartbreaking uh, way to lose that game. Um, with the, the you know the penalty that was called was, I mean, in a close game like that, a, a one goal game essentially. Uh, I mean, that was a pretty ticky tacky call. Um, I know Zach Finkhauser felt awful about it later. You know, he he put the ball down forcefully. Um, there wasn't any defense, you know, it didn't create a disadvantage, uh, for Liberty. There wasn't anybody immediately around to pick the ball up and go. It wasn't like the ball went far. Um, yeah, it, you know, anyways. And then, you know, Max Sturgill makes a save, uh, and the ball just takes an unfortunate bounce right into, uh, one of Liberty's attackman's hand in a man up situation. And, and he buries it with like, I think, six seconds left. It wasn't very many right there at the very end. Um, so that was our, you know, our, our first real loss of the, that was, what well, was our first loss of the year. Um, you know, close game against Liberty who was ranked high. Um, you know, they've always got a good squad Liberty. Uh, I mean, their, their university treats it like an NCAA program. So, uh, then Sarah, Santa Clara came into town. We played Santa Clara close last year. It was a, it was a, it was a war. Uh, it was a battle. It was physical. It was at Santa Clara. They had their, uh, student section that was, uh, vocal, uh, and got after our players. Um, I know a lot of guys were, were looking forward to, uh, a rematch with Santa Clara, kind of trying to, uh, finish some, some unfinished business there, took care of them pretty handily 17, nine. And, uh, that was an interesting game that, that Santa Clara team that came in, that was definitely a very, that was a club team. Uh, you know, I know they're not always that way, but I mean, we're up, I don't know how many, 10 goals and they're mouthing off to our sideline and the table. Uh, and yeah, just, uh, it was an interesting, uh, interesting team. I know they're not always that way. Uh, then Cal Poly came in. Cal Poly was another team that, uh, Played teams, some teams close, some teams not. Uh, we got a 12-9 over them. Boise State came in. Uh, we've, we've had their number the past couple of years. That one, 19-10. Um, I know we're heading up to Boise next year. I think we're playing Boise and uh, Washington again. Uh, we didn't play Washington this year, but last time we went up to Boise, we played Washington. So, And what was actually, I think I think it was like a one-goal game, two-goal game uh, with Washington. That uh, wasn't uh, – it was closer than we we were hoping, uh, and then <clears throat> we welcomed in Georgia Tech, and uh, that was an impressive team. That Georgia Tech uh, attack line—they were unreal. Uh, you know, we went into the game thinking that we had pretty different style of plays. We wanted to 
you know, we want to run and gun. We want to get that tempo up. They, they want to substitute everybody off, get the right guys on. Uh, they had a couple of two-way players that were just machines, just a really, really impressive team um, in Georgia Tech uh, and, and not our finest day. I think that was the, by, by far the worst game we had played that year. Uh, just felt off, even from warm-ups, guys were saying things, something just feels a little off. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they took it to us. That was a really good team. Uh, and then we had BYU um, at BYU. Uh, and one of the things that the coaching staffs uh, staff had talked about this year and, and, and Colin Maxfield um, specifically was talking about this year being the year of firsts. Um, we, we knew that we wanted to accomplish a lot of firsts this year with the team. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, we, we weren't quite sure what this year was going to produce. We knew that uh, we wanted to learn to play uh, competitive teams uh, each week, play a tough schedule, uh, we wanted to learn to win week in and week out against those teams. Um, and we wanted to accomplish firsts, whatever that looked like. Um, and to program history, uh, we'd never beaten BYU in the regular season. Um, we beat them in 2019 in the tournament. We'd lost to them in the regular season overtime um, at Clyde Field at UVU, the Stalker Stadium. Uh, that was a really fun game to be a part of, too. Uh, Face-off. You know, um, was picked up by actually a backline pole um, that was heads up, knew that he could get outside the box line uh, to pick up the ball, picked it up, went coast to coast with no angle, was able to get a shot, and they, they beat us in, in 2019 in the regular season. Um, <clears throat> but we wanted this to be a year first, and uh, we were certainly accomplishing a lot of firsts. And, and our, one of our goals was hey, we want to beat BYU in the regular season. Um, never been done before by a UVU team. And uh, – we, uh, you know, it was a big game. Um, we had a lot of alumni there. We had really good support. It was at BYU. Um, we played a good game. Um, and it, that was a really good experience for our guys uh, to kind of get that, um, the monkey off our back with that as far as, you know, having uh, never beaten BYU in the regular season. So that was a really good um, growing experience for the program to have that kind of put behind us. Um and then we moved on to the Colorado schools. Uh, we'd beaten Colorado State once as a program um, back in, again, I think it was 2019 that we had beaten them. Again, we're doing this with a, with a team that we, was is young. And so one of the things we wanted to uh, do as a coaching staff is, is help these young guys, th their experiences. This is, this is the standard. This is what we do now. Um, for some of the older guys and had never beaten BYU, never beaten Colorado state, never beaten Colorado. Um, and so that was a first for them, but these new guys, that that's something we want to make sure that we hold on to that. Those games are, uh, you know, winnable and uh, we're going to remain competitive in those games as I'm sure those programs want to continue to be competitive with us. Um, so that landed us the number one uh, seed in the RMLC championships, uh, which were held at Colorado state campus stadium. And man, Ryan, uh, the, the head coach at, at Colorado State, he did a phenomenal job hosting that. I mean, that was a really cool experience. Getting out there at Colorado, playing in that stadium, and with, with the setup they had there, the locker rooms, the the music playing, the Jumbotron on, their, uh, their broadcasting crew, just phenomenal job there. Um, and that first game uh, going into it, um, <clears throat> you know, playing Colorado State again, we knew we had, had handled them pretty well. 
early on. Uh, but the game, the first game we played against them, we knew they were down guys. Um, I think they were down two of their starting attack men and a starting pole. And man, they've got some good, they had some good poles. Um, they had two poles that could just flat out run. Uh, they were really good in transition, really good pushing it. Um, and so we adjusted slightly for that. We knew that they had guys back coming back that didn't play us in the in a regular season matchup. Um, you know, so we wanted to make sure we remain focused uh, when we went into that semifinal matchup <clears throat> and, you know, kind of a similar result, 18, nine um, really good experience. Uh, I think Jaden Casteller had a really good game. He had three, maybe four points, three goals uh, and an assist. Um, and Jaden Casteller, uh, so happy he came back and played this year. Uh, just a, a phenomenal person. A uh, great player to have, and he was just lights out this year with everything. Uh, extremely coachable, just wanted to, to do what's right for the team, what's best for the team. We asked him, <clears throat> we used him a little bit differently. We had, we felt we were so deep at, at, at offense that it was hard to find everybody time um, and get everybody reps and, and significant reps. Um, we wanted to rotate guys low, uh, guys high. We wanted to try and create matchup difficulties for teams when we, I mean, just had, we had so many guys, uh, it was hard to try and get everyone quality time. And, and Jaden came in and just said, Hey, I just need to know what you want from me, where you want me to come out of and, and I'll, I'll do my best. And, uh, we asked him to come out of the midfield. I mean, he's big, he's a big dude. He's, you know, six, four. Um, and, uh, he did a phenomenal job. I think we put him at attack, um, in that Colorado state game. And, and he got some runs low for us and, and just did a phenomenal job. Uh, just a really versatile player. Um, and so happy he's back. He, and then, uh, you know, facing BYU again uh, in the in the finals. And that was a really cool atmosphere um, for us. And, uh, you know, it was a night game. It was in the stadium. It was a rematch. Um you know, we, we'd never beaten them twice before again at first, you know, we never beaten Colorado twice in a year, Colorado state, excuse me, CSU. Um, we were able to do that. Um, and so, you know, we knew that they'd make some adjustments and, and they're playing for a championship too. And, and neither team really knew as far as I'm aware, you know, well, maybe they did know. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't, we had a one AQ. We didn't know if anyone was going to get an at large, um, the MCLA had last year, it was, you know, they had some really good teams, but every team kind of had a bad loss. You know, every team had a loss that was kind of a head scratcher. I think even outside, and I'm not even sure Virginia Tech, Virginia, but you know, almost everybody, I think Corey who ended up winning it had been blown out once or twice. Um, and so it was kind of one of those things where like, if you want to go dancing, you've got to win. Um, let's just win this so that we don't have to worry about getting it at large. Um, and that was a really good game. I mean, we, they, they, they came out and, and took the lead and <clears throat> it was a no certain thing. There was some chippiness for sure. I mean, the two programs, you know, there's no love lost. I don't think that's, I don't think I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. Um, there's a lot of familiarities with the two programs though, that too, that's, that's something that I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I, you know, I mean, the two programs are going to know we're four miles apart. It's not far. When I was at UVU, I roomed with uh, my buddy I went to high school with, and he played at BYU. Um, 
And so, you know, the, the date before the night before our game, the day before our game, you know, I was, he, I was his matchup, you know, I was getting reports on him, you know, and I played with him my whole life. So, uh, you know, that's kind of fun, but there's a lot of crossover between the two programs. Um, I mean, we just hired our new offensive coordinator is, uh, as a BYU alumni, he played there. So, um, a lot of the players on the field though, in that game, American fork, I think had 700 kids in that game. Uh, it was basically a, an alumni game for American fork. Uh, that game itself was, was, was phenomenal. I mean, uh, we'd gone down, uh, we, we clawed our, clawed our way back. Uh, they had made some adjustments to the defense, the way they were rotating to us. And, and, uh, we had made some adjustments, coach Bloss, um, the, uh, assistant, offensive coach for me, uh, on the team. Uh, great guy. I love coach Bloss. He, he stepped away from coaching this year as well. Um, <clears throat> he just got engaged. So congratulations, uh, coach Bloss. Uh, you know, he saw something and we, we, we changed a few th- things up and it was working. Um, and, uh, right there at the very end, uh, we get a crucial save, clear the ball, uh, Ty Armstrong, who don't get me started on that kid. Cause That'll lead up the rest of, of the time. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal kid, true competitor. Um, there isn't anybody. I mean, as far as leadership goes, that kid is uh, lights out. That is an outstanding human being. Um, and uh, we're excited to have him back next year. You know, clears the ball, gets it down to Branson Wood. Um, and, and we were trying to push tempo. We, we didn't want to slow up. And... Uh, Branson dodges, draws one. Uh, their backside rotation's late. Uh, Zach Finkhauser is able to get the ball, turn and shoot and score. Puts us up one. Um, and then Max, you know, just with a clutch save. Um, you know, Max played lights out in the, you know, the first meeting between the two, between us. And then uh, phenomenal that second uh, game as well. You know, it was, it was a really fun atmosphere. And then, then to clear the ball and, and, and kill the time and, uh, you know, have the countdown, uh, you know, uh, CSU's coach Ryan was recording from the sideline and sent that to us. And that was a really cool footage to have. We'd brought along a videographer. Um, and, you know, it was just really fun. It was a really cool experience um, to be in that that atmosphere, playing against a rival for a championship, for an automatic bid to the tournament. <clears throat> you know, it was a really, really fun experience. And our, our guys had a really good time celebrating that moment. Uh, in the locker room and our coaches, you know, we'd all worked really, really hard, you know, for a long time, you know, Brian Barnhill's put in, uh, years and years and years and years of hard work. Um, Todd Arbin, uh, Carl Cooney, who last year we dedicated the season to him, Marty Westcott, um, you know, Scotty, um, Sutherland, our, uh, face-off coach, you know, he played here. He, you know, he put years and years, he helped revitalize the program. he put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into the program. Uh, coach Maxfield had put a lot of work in, um, and, and bringing that pro and bring the program up, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and so it was just, we all worked really hard to get to that point. And it, it was a really cool, emotional, uh, experience. And for me, I think one of the, my favorite things was, afterwards when we got the photos back from our photographer uh was seeing the emotion in the players faces um who who, who'd worked really hard and there's a there's one of my favorite pictures of the year is uh preston burbage uh hugging zach vankhauser and both of them are just bawling and and you know that that was uh years of hard work of, of not just beating byu 
Um, but uh, but of the entire season of everything we'd put in, you know, our goal of winning a championship, you know, uh, playing for an RMLC championship and winning that, that was one of our goals. Um, and we knew if we did that, then we'd make the tournament, which we'd never done. Um, and so we were excited to, uh, that we had done that we'd earned, we'd earned our right into the tournament. We didn't leave it in, in a committee's hands. <clears throat> we didn't leave it to be subjected to opinions. Uh, we wanted to make sure that, uh, we earned our way in. And so, that was a really cool experience. Um, one of my favorite lacrosse memories is going to be playing in, in that in, uh, in that atmosphere. Again, uh, hats off to CSU for hosting that. I think uh, I think that set the bar going forward. I know not every program is going to have access to their football stadium, but I think the RMLC should should look heavily at whoever hosts the tournament, their ability to make that a, a memorable experience and not just something that takes place on their intramural field. Um, I know when we hosted it a couple of years ago, we hosted it in our soccer stadium, uh, which isn't big by any means, but you know, uh, I think whoever hosts it should, should find a venue that lends to, to really making it feel like you're competing for, for a championship, uh, give, give guys locker rooms or, you know, at least access to, to, uh, you know, a venue, uh, beyond what may be there normally. Then it was on to Texas. Um, Texas was, none of us have ever been there before as coaches. Uh, you know, Coach Westcott, I guess, had uh, with BYU because um, he'd coached at BYU. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it wasn't enough just to get there. We didn't want to just be grateful or not. We were grateful we were there, but we didn't want to just say, well, we, we made it. That was our goal uh, is to get into the tournament. We wanted to compete in the tournament. Um, we played against uh, two of the top teams in, in Liberty, lost by one in Georgia Tech, and, and you know, they had taken it to us in 2020. So we hadn't forgotten that. I mean, the rosters were very different um, time periods, but um, the draw we got was whatever. You know, we could we have been a higher seed? Sure. Was it a fair seeding? Probably. Um, you know, drawing Virginia Tech in the second round. That was that was hard. We knew that if we got when we got past Boston College, we'd have to to play Virginia Tech. But you know, in order to win a championship or to win, you've got to when you get in a tournament like that. At some point, you're going to have to play those teams, whether it's in the first, second semis or finals or whatever. Um, so you know, not going to make too much about about the uh, uh, seating that we got. Could have been higher. Probably was fair where we got. Uh, going into that Boston College game. We'd accomplished a lot of other firsts for the program. Um, you know, we'd never, I mean, the, the point differential, I think, coming out of the RMLC um, regular season tournament, I don't, you know, I went and did my research and I reserved the right to be wrong, but our, our point differential was the highest point differential in any season out of the RMLC uh, to date. And that was as far back as I could go. I went and, and looked at <clears throat> who had scored the most and, uh, you know, and it, by far we had, we'd accomplished that, that point differential, um, in the RMLC, we had, you know, first team conference guys, um, and, you know, just, just some really special stuff. Uh, you know, and, and I gotta give, uh, you know, I haven't talked enough about our defense. Uh, I talk a lot about the offense cause those are the guys that I worked with, uh, you know, pretty, pretty exclusively. I know a lot of the defensive guys, um, they did a phenomenal job this year. I'm kind of digressing from the tournament over to I just, you know, Max Sturgill and Cage, phenomenal. Our defense was, you know, we get it, we can get everybody back if we wanted to. You know, um, that unit's going to be really strong next year. Um, 
you know, Seth Wilkins, you know, uh, everybody there, the cowboy position, which I'll, I'll go into a little bit later. Um, just so deep in athletes and, and deep in, in personnel. And, and I want to get into, to that unit, uh, a little bit here in a minute, but, uh, uh, finish up kind of the, the season real quick and then I'll, I'll ramble on about some other stuff and, and, uh, kind of get this published out there, have people tear it apart. <laughs> um, the Boston college game was interesting. Uh, you know, we'd never been to Texas before, uh, playing in a tournament like that. It was a good experience. Uh, our game against Boston college, uh, we went down, I think six to nothing or like six to one. Um, I don't remember if it was, they had scored six straight or five straight. Um, but the, the great thing I love about our team was that at no point when we were down against BYU in the finals, RMLC finals, did anyone on our sideline panic or think we weren't going to win? At no point, you know, were we ever in doubt um, in that game. Even when, I mean, I think BYU had a four-point lead at one. It may have been even five. I can't, I'll have to, my memory's a little uh, shaky on that one. Um <clears throat> but uh, same with Boston College. I mean, we went into halftime, I think down 6-1 um, or 6 nothing. Uh, I think it was 6-1 or 7-1. No, it could have been 7-1 because I only scored six. Um, and then to come out and score like 12 or 11 straight and, and hold them to nothing the second half. Um, I mean, it was the tale of two halves, but that's that's the style of play we we played. We knew, I mean, same similar with GCU. We knew the way we played with the type of numbers that we had, that it wasn't the first or second quarter uh, that we were going to get them. Some teams we, we jumped on them early, uh, but it was a fourth quarter. It was this, it was that last part of the fourth, fourth quarter. That's, you know, that last six, seven minutes that we were going to score a bunch of goals. Uh, and, and it happened in GCU. I think we scored like five in two minutes. Um, and, and we knew that we were capable of that. And we knew in, in these games that, Teams, the way we just stick it out, body blow, body blow, body body blow, um, you know, and then we rattle off, you know, twelve straight. Now, I will say this: I think the emotions of coming back um, and the effort it took uh, hurt us going into the Virginia Tech game. Uh, but it, you know, it was really cool that our first time in the tournament, getting a win in the first round against a team that's been there uh, a bunch. Um, you know, it was, it was a really good first for us. Again, another first, first time at the tournament, first tournament win. Um, so we were really happy about uh, about that accomplishment. Not not that we were done, but uh, and then going into that uh, Virginia Tech game, uh, our guys were tired. You could definitely tell. Uh, we're, we were, like I said, the whole time we were a young team. Uh, even our our older guys, we we hadn't played a season this long. Um, we hadn't gone this deep before. I mean, we were going on our 19th game of the season, uh, which is more than any of the players had played. Um, lots of travel, um, you know, Colorado, uh, and then, uh, you know, to Texas, just things we hadn't experienced before, which is good. We, you know, we wanted to get those experiences so that we could grow as a program. Um, and, and players can be used to that, that, that that's, this is what it's going to be like at UVU from now on. We're going to continue to, uh, you know, compete for championships. Uh, we're going to continue to to make it to the the national tournament. That's our goal every year now, um, and compete in the national tournament. We don't want to just show up and and uh, lose in the first round. So uh, our draw against Virginia Tech looked that's a phenomenal lacrosse team. 
um, uh, we came out early. Uh, Ty Armstrong, uh, who I talked about earlier, scores one quick. Uh, looks like okay. Um, we had been late to coming out of warmups or something along those lines. We uh, had been misnotified of the time frame to warm up, and we didn't realize that there was going to be a national anthem. We were still in the middle of our warmups when they started playing it. Um, and then we were late getting out to the game, um, which may have juiced up Virginia Tech a little bit. Uh, we scored early, and it looked like, okay, this is going to be a back and forth. Um, and just before face, um, getting my guys together, and in the Boston College game, Zach Finkhauser had, uh, I believe he broke either his, his, his finger. Uh, he'd, he'd broken something or severely sprained it. Um, and we were kind of, it's, it was a game time decision. And, and right before the game or in warmups, he came up and said, I, I can't go, I can't grip my stick. Um, and so we, we made some change of plans, um, <clears throat> got some guys, some looks, um, and it was just, it, it was, it was, we were, we were tired. We were emotionally drained from the day before, um, having come back to beat Boston college, even though, I mean, you know, we beat them by six, it was 12 to six. Um, so we beat him pretty handedly, but the effort that it took was, it had worn our guys out. So, um, lost to, lost to Virginia Prec pretty soundly. I think we lost to him by like 11. Um, they had some really good players and who that's, that was my pick. Um, after we'd gone out, I thought, you know, we just lost to the national champs. They, they were senior heavy, um, experienced, phenomenal players. They had some great shooters, um, their face-off guy was one that that surprised me. Uh, we thought that that would be something we could maintain. And that was something that was a strength of ours throughout the season is when we'd score in these bunches is because our face-off guys, uh, who did a great job two freshmen, um, who did a phenomenal job of, uh, keeping possession on with us. Uh, you know, we'd score and immediately be getting the ball right back and, and shooting within seconds of scoring. And so, um, you know, hats off to, uh, to our face-off guys. Cause they did, they did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, Jacob Lundin, who was a pleasant, I mean, we're going to talk about an athlete. That's the most gifted athlete on our team. I think he is a freak. He should be playing division one football somewhere. Um, just, and just the nicest guy to, uh, some funny stories about Jake that I heard after the season of some funny stuff you do on the field. Um, and then, Zach Bezant, um, and even Tyson Stidham did a great job. Um, I mean, those three freshmen were <laughs> phenomenal uh, in their draws. And and uh, Connor Boss, who's our new faceoff coach uh, who played here, had set a ton of records. And both of those guys, I think, you know, were capable of breaking his record last year had they not split time the way they did. Uh, that's how good both of them were. And, and, and the different styles, Zach is so quick off the clamp and his hands are really fast. And Jake is just a specimen of an athlete. Um, and he could, he could be one of our better Dodgers um, on offense. And, uh, and so that was a really great unit. And we thought that was going to be at our advantage that, okay, we can, we can get the ball to our offense. We know our offense can score. We'll get enough shots off that, that we'll be fine. And their faceoff guy was, he had a lights out game and we, we'd scouted him. We thought we'd, we'd have an advantage there um, and didn't uh, that game. So, um, I mean, that end of the season, um, it was it was uh, a great season. Um, 
you know, we're thrilled with it. It wasn't the way we wanted it to end. And um, that team was really close uh, out of every other team. That team just one of the cool things about um, coaching that team was every day looking up and seeing different guys interacting every day. Uh, oftentimes with teams, it's really easy for guys to get into little clicks. Um, they have their little crews that they hang out with. But I mean, truly at any given time, you'd look up and the five guys you saw talking yesterday are all talking to a different group of dudes. Um, and, and, you know, it was that way all over the place. You know, I don't think we had anyone that really felt out of place. It didn't seem that way. We had some quiet guys. I mean, in years past, we've, we've had it where, you know, some guys wouldn't even talk to other guys um, or they would just pack up and leave. And, and it was a really cool year as far as the team goes. They were really close, really good group of guys. It was just fun, fun to be a part of showing up to practice every day with that group of guys who was ready to get after it, wanted to get better at lacrosse, wanted to get better as a team. They were dialed in. Guys wanted to learn. Guys wanted to be coached from top to bottom. We didn't have anybody on the roster that was just happy to be there, um, who was just thrilled that they get to walk around campus with a UVU lacrosse hoodie on or a backpack. You know, from top to bottom, guys wanted to be there and guys wanted to learn. Um, that was what was great. Um, uh, what made that team great um, was the was the camaraderie off the field. Um, didn't really have any personality issues that at least I was aware of. And I feel like I'm pretty in tune with what the guys, I have a pretty good relationship with the guys. Um, and the guys, you know, it, it's, it's sad because we wanted that, that team to keep going because that group, you know, just like any other team, that group never gets a, a chance to be competitors with each other again. They never get a chance to suit up and, and compete with each other against somebody else. Um, and that, that was a fun group to watch do it. It's sad to see them, see him go. But uh, like I'd mentioned earlier, we, we graduate one guy and he's back as a coach. And uh, that's pretty special. You know, uh, this off season, um, there's been some changes. Coach Maxfield uh, accepted a, a, a role coaching at NCAA Division II Westminster University. Um, so he, he took that job, uh, which is, look, you're never going to be able to replace a, a Coach Maxfield uh, he's, he's one of a kind, uh, his dedication to his profession is, uh, unparalleled. I mean, he's, he's a phenomenal person, you know, really, really well connected with the guys, but that opportunity I think was, was something he couldn't really pass up. Um, and, and then myself, um, stepping down from coaching, you know, X's and O's, um, for family matters, Coach Sutherland leaving uh, for personal reasons to go and grow his business, um, kind of move move things forward in his life. Um, and you know, Coach Westcott is is uh, taking some family time. He'll be back next year though. And Coach Arvin's phenomenal. He's an incredible across mind. He's an incredibly intelligent person. Uh, Preston, yeah, I mean, they know who Preston is. Uh, the, the offense is going to be in a probably better place than they were last year for sure. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's hard to replace a 90 point guy in Preston, uh, but with the talent that, I mean, the young talent we have, uh, guys, we got coming in, I mean, that's just, I mean, uh, that, that unit can be really, really special. Uh, if those guys, you know, dedicate this summer, uh, I mean, look, summer's almost over I and mean, tryouts guys report, uh, here at the end of the month for a team meeting and then tryouts are in less than a, less than a month. Um, uh, that side of the ball is going to be special. 
both sides of the ball are going to be special. The defense can pretty much return everybody. I know uh, Tyson Packer isn't going to return. He's going to be coaching. Um, but pretty much everybody else is back. Uh, you got in the cage. I mean, you're going to have Max back, who's just phenomenal uh, in the cage. Great leader. Everybody you have coming back on that side of the ball, um, close to defense. And they're deep, too, and our LSMs are deep. Uh, all of our LSMs come back. I mean, just pleasant surprises all over the place with freshmen that really stepped up last year and, and freshmen that I think need some shout-outs that, uh, uh, that got time, but probably not the time that they wanted. But that time was you know, so, so valuable going into this next year. Um, uh, guys like Connor Green and, and Aaron Norris as Cowboys. Now that's a position that's, that's a tough position to play because it's deep. Um, you may only get three or four runs a game. Um, and we ask a lot, they've got to be good at defense. They've got to be good in transition and they've got to be good in early offense. And I know a lot of those guys want to play offense. Um, and that's, we ask, it's hard because we ask them to be smart and recognize when they don't have an advantage and not to stay too long because we're so deep on the offensive side too. Um, you know, I think you, you've got guys like Ty Armstrong, Jace Muir, um, you know, you've got, uh, our man, uh, number two, uh, Kimball Matheny, yeah, the Matheny brothers, Ashton Matheny, who, who I know really wants to play offense. Um, those guys could make the jump, uh, if, if Jake wants to, I mean, look, they're both all conference and all Americans, Ty Armstrong and, uh, Ashton Matheny. So switching positions, um, as an all American can be hard to do, but, uh, not hard to do, but hard to leave when you're, you're that good. But the, the nice thing is, is those guys could make a jump if, if the coaching staff decides to, uh, and, and guys like Connor green, uh, David parchment, um, Aaron Norris can step up into that cowboy position. That's so vital. It's the backbone of the team. Those guys work really hard. They get very little recognition outside of the team. Um, point wise. I mean, the reason why uh, we had two guys with really high points, and a bunch of points spread out around the team, uh, which probably hurt us in, in voting, to be honest with you, when it came to all conference, because some of those guys were putting up really good numbers for the minutes they got. Um, and had they gotten all the minutes or most of the minutes, their numbers would have been astronomical. Um, so those are two, you know, those people, uh, that cowboy position is just something that, um, no, Bryce Anton. I don't, I'm going to leave people out, and it's not intentional. So if I leave you out, it's 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 not because I don't think you're a great player. Um, but those guys, I mean, all of them can ball. They're also athletic. Um, they make really good decisions uh, with the ball and their stick, uh, going 100 miles an hour. Um, and and the guys on offense too. Uh, you know, guys like Colby Roberts, um, who again, another one of my favorite memories that I I can't say on air because it's it's really funny. Um, just things I overheard. That's a kid that did everything right as a freshman. Um, he'd go out, he would do everything right when he got his time. The, the only thing was he just couldn't finish at the, for whatever reason. It wasn't because he was incapable of finishing. It was, he would dodge or draw one. He'd make the right, you know, he either make the right decision to shoot or move the ball one more or find the right guy or move right off ball until he got the ball. And just for whatever reason, I think he only ended up with um, a couple of points this season. But that's a guy I could see having 25, 30 points next year. Um, just somebody who, I mean, the whole offense, I, I could list guys that I'm like, Nate Huntsman 
had a down year for for uh, points, but was so important important and pivotal to our offense. Um, you know, there's other guys, Brandon Tibbetts, Lane Berg, all these guys, Mason Peterson, um, Mason Anderson, um, all these guys that just it was a pleasure to coach all of them. Um, I loved coaching that unit. You know, I, uh, I'm not an offensive guy and play offense. Um, but just having, being around those guys, guys like Ty Haas, man, breaks his leg in the green and white game. Um, and is out most of the season when he comes back, the, the, the spots are so deep. He, he's, it's hard to get him time, not because he's not a phenomenal player, but guys are just playing well ahead of him. Um, you know, he, he works his way in and gets some time, but that's another phenomenal human being too. Just, you know, my good and personal friend, Ty Haas is like, I always say, just, he just, I'm so happy he's still around the program and he's in the program. And, and I really hope next year is just his, the year that he wants to have, uh, with the team because he has all the capabilities. Um, it's just getting his body to, to to stay healthy and, and, uh, getting those at time. Cause <laughs> like I said, that offensive unit's going to be in a really good place. Um, and I hope guys recognize that that that's going to be the case because, um, you know, it's going to be good. And then you got guys like Tyler Swayze. I love Tyler Swayze. That's a kid who, uh, a, a great athlete, um, great player and just needed a freshman year to kind of figure things out. And, and he's going to come back and I hope he comes back and just and unloads because he is a great, great kid, great player, um, and spent all year working to get better and, and recognizing where he needed to get better. It wasn't, it was one, isn't one of those guys where you go and coach him and they, they don't believe what you're saying or they, they don't think they need to work on what you tell them. I mean, he was very aware of, of where he was at and what he needed to work on, um, and was there the whole time. So, you know, guys like Dallin Bingham too, hamstring held him up. Um, but another phenomenal person. So, uh, we're going to miss coach Maxfield, you know, we're going to miss, uh, you can't replace him, but, but the unit itself, I mean, like I said, we can return everybody, but one guy, um, it's exciting to see where this program is. Um, it's, it's, I'm going to miss going to practice every day and being around the guys. I mean, I'm still going to be there a bunch, um, and, and talking to guys, but, uh, I'm going to be more in the background and doing stuff. I'm not going to be there day to day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna, <laughs> going into fall. We got a great group of kids coming in. Um, tryouts are going to be another year of intense tryouts. Um, fall ball, fall ball is always different. We got a good fall ball schedule. We're going to have our annual rumble with Arizona. Um, and then next season, uh, there's a great schedule being built out. It's not my favorite schedule. Um, but it's, it's a good schedule. Still got room to grow too. Um, as we get closer, hopefully we add a few more teams. Um, but I mean, we're going out to Virginia to play Virginia tech and Liberty, um, and California to play Chapman who was a semifinalist last year, you know, so, um, another deep schedule and the RMLC has got six teams in it now with Utah tech coming back. So, anyways, it's going to be, we'll get more into all of this in later episodes. Uh, I appreciate if you stuck around for the entire episode, uh, I appreciate you listening in. I know there's a lot to improve on uh, with this episode. Um, ramblings, lots of ums, lots of uh, dead space, but um, it is a lot of fun. So I think I'm going to keep it up whether or not people listen. Um, and we're going to have more people on. It's not just going to be listening to, to me ramble on. 
um, it'll be, it'll be good. We're going to have guests on. We're going to have some fun when we get some alumni in that, that are, are really fun guys. And we'll talk about the alumni impact um, as that continues to grow. Uh, we'll get some coaches on here to talk about their favorite moments and players on here uh, to talk about and have some fun with. Um, so I just, I, I appreciate everybody sticking with it. It will get better. Um, that'll be it. I, uh, for, uh, in the Valley, uh, UVU lacrosse podcast.